Welcome to the Female Insight Zone, a podcast dedicated to sharing insights from women who have made an indelible mark in business and the path they took to soar. Welcome to the Female Insight Zone. This is Mary Beth Kosmeski. Today I'm interviewing Linda Swindling. Linda is actually a recovering attorney. And I don't know what it means by being a recovering attorney. I'm sure she'll tell us about that. Um, But she's also a speaker and executive coach, strategic consultant. And I asked her on the show today to talk about her new and amazing book called Ask Outrageously. So welcome to the show, Linda. Well, thanks so much for having me. So So you want to know what a recovering attorney is? Yes, I do. Of course I do. Okay. So I went to law school and I practiced law for 10 years in a partnership. And at the end, when I left, one of my friends said, how can you ever leave law? And I said, well, I don't know. I don't know that I will ever be able to give up the arguing. And she said, yeah, you're always going to be in recovery. (laughs) (laughs) That was kind of like, yeah, I'm not giving that one up. (laughs) Right. There's some things in life. Um, so talk about, I know that, you know, you've had a long and really great career doing all sorts of different things, but talk to us about this book, Ask Outrageously, because when I saw that book and I, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is just great for our audience because I don't care how successful the female professional is that I'm talking to on this show they all sort of say some of the same things like I should have asked for that or I'm not sure why I didn't do it or I thought because I'm so good at what I do that people would just do it for me. They would just, you know, of Mm -hmm. course you should be promoted. Of course this should happen. So talk a little bit about how you decided to write this book and then we'll ask you some questions about, about what's in the insides. Perfect. I actually decided to write the book because I was chosen at a TEDx audition to do a TEDx talk. And the topic, the Ask Outrageously, I'd been teaching people negotiations and, you know, over and over again, they they say the same things. You know, you taught me how to think like a leader. You taught me how to do something, you know, and really prepare and speak. And then over and over again, they said, I love how you taught me how to ask outrageously. Now, I don't know why it took almost 20 years to clue in that, you know, the, the thing that they keep telling you, you should do, but I know a lot of women out there are the same. You need to listen to what people tell you you do well and and capitalize on it. So that was it. The Ask Outrageously was chosen as a topic um, to audition, and then I got it. And in between the audition and actually doing the TEDx talk, I had about nine months. And I was going to um, write the book on my own and self-publish. And a friend of mine said, no, send this to my publisher, Spirit Kohler. And sure enough, they picked it up. And i that's why we wrote the book. Well, that is awesome. So talk about your own experiences with this. Have you been an asker or have you had to, to kind of learn how to do this as well? I am horrible, or I used to be, at asking for myself. So even in law school, I wouldn't ask questions because they would all smirk at you. You know, either the, they kind of laughed at the ones that raised their hand and asked the questions and especially women. And I had to teach myself how to ask. And I did crazy things because here I am, I'm supposed to be an attorney. I need to be able to ask on behalf of my clients. I had a really hard time asking on behalf of myself. So I had to, I had to find some workarounds. One was you have to just get into the habit. So as silly as this sounds, go to a different neighborhood if you need to, go to flea markets, go to garage sales, and ask the absurd. 
hey, I see you've got $55 on this. I only have five on me, which is true. The rest is back in the car, right? <laughs> Would you take $5? And get used to the habit because I bet there's no difference between asking for, you know, at the garage. So the feeling is the same as asking in a multi-million dollar deal. It's the same adrenaline, same hesitation, kind of a little bit of the butterflies. And what's so exciting is a lot of the time it works. Hmm. Yeah, I, I actually had a friend teach me this. I didn't realize that this was a helpful thing in business, perhaps, but we would go to Red Sox games and you know, he's a client of mine. We would be we're in Boston. He'd say, Listen, just put only this amount of money in your pocket and make sure that all the other money is away so that when you pull the money out and you say, But this is all I have when we're scalping tickets to go into a mm-hmm. Red Sox game. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was so nervous the first time. It worked. We don't want to do this. Of course it worked. <laughs> of course it worked. They wanted to get rid of the tickets. I would have just been like, how how much? And he would have said $100 and I would have said fine. But, but because you shorted yourself before, because you put it in your pocket, you could get these Red Sox tickets at a lot less and you could look them in the eye because I don't lie well. So, you know, I know the money, I, somebody else needs to have the money on them or it needs to be in my truck or my car or whatever, right? But yeah, just go ahead and ask and see what happens. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. So in the book, talk about some of the things that you share as to how, so that's one of sure. them, you know, just, just doing things like that. But they've got to be authentic, right? The, the ways that we can practice to do this um, and the way that we can start to ask and, and see some results. Talk about some more of the things that you've gotten there. Sure. Go in almost as if you're a reporter doing a story. And just see if you can determine who the decision maker is. So let's say you're at the mall, you know, and you've, you're going into an electronic store. And you know how they just won't even look at you. They won't even talk to you. Go and ask them for help. Hmm. Go to, you know, a department store and say, can I, uh, can I see the manager? And, you know, you'll just watch everybody kind of stand up straighter. And then tell the manager about someone who was really helpful. Say, this person really helped me. But start looking first for the decision maker. Who can say yes to you? Because a lot of people can say no. A lot of people are the gatekeepers. You're looking for the people that can say yes. And then you want to ask enough that you're hearing no. You want to go for the no. And what I mean by that is you want to say, well, would you take this? Would you give me two of these? Would you, you know, take less for whatever it is? Ask until somebody says, yeah, I really can't do that. And then ask them one more time. Well, I heard you say, I really can't, whatever it was, you know, can you tell me about that? And <laughs> Just see what happens. <laughs> you want to get to where when you hear the word no, you're bulletproofed. And if you're not hearing no, you're not asking for enough. Right. What about in high risk situations? So let's say that I'm working in a corporation. I've been doing a lot more work than maybe some of my colleagues, in my opinion, and I feel like I should have, I should be getting more money. And so it's time to go in and talk to the boss about that. But I'm afraid to do it because it's risky for me. Because what if he says no? And what if he starts to think about me differently or whatever that is? Um, this is a big risk situation or to ask for a promotion or to say, hey, would you consider me for this? These are considered to be higher risk situations. How do you, exactly. how do you think about that? So there's two things there. First off, why do people tell you no? So most of us think it's one of three things. It's I didn't give them enough information or timing was wrong, or they didn't have the budget. And so I know from statistics, 
the the statistics that we did in that survey that you know the three reasons are they tell me no because I think I didn't ask them at the right time uh, that it was wrong they didn't have budget they didn't have the money or that you know that that big one is I didn't give them enough information I should have given them more information however that's not why they tell you no you know why they tell you no the wow. two reasons are one I am asking them for something that's inappropriate. I've asked somebody for something they just flat out can't give me. So if you go to the wrong person to ask for a raise, someone who has you know, no authority over you or that process, that's not gonna help you. It's like um, in Texas, you can't go to a hardware store and ask for a chicken fried steak and get it. <laughs> they're, they're just not gonna give it, right? right. It's not there. <laughs> in the courthouse, when I went to the courthouse, my client would say, I want him to respect me. I want her to say I'm sorry. The judge is not going to say, you go apologize and the two of you hug it out. It's inappropriate. That's one. The second is even more interesting. Do they trust and respect you? Do they really like you? Do they trust and respect? Because that's the second biggest reason that people tell you no. And those two reasons, only about one in 20 people know it. Believe it or not, we are thinking that it's all about us when it should be turning to the relationship. So when you're going for a raise, this is a really good statistic. Know that you're a little bit more likely to get it than not. So a little over half of the people who asked for a raise got it, and 9% got more than what they were asking for. And so what did they do? Well, they didn't say, I've been here 10 years, I've accomplished these things, because they, you've already been paid for that. That's you're looking backwards. That's not the way that company works. That's not appropriate. However, if you said, just like the last two years, I've moved the needle here. I've reduced cost here. I've run this project. I've retained these people. Whatever your result is, just like I've done that, I'm going to do the following things moving forward. You know, tie it to money. Tie it to a percentage. Tie it to what are you going to bring to the table? What's your value? Now, all of a sudden, what have you done? One, you played on that trust. You can trust me. I've done it in the past. I'm doing it in the future. You like me and respect me because I'm making you look good, boss, whoever it is. Hmm. And two, now it's appropriate for your supervisor, for him or her to go to their board, their supervisor or whoever and say, you know what? She really did a great job the last two years. And now she's going to do this for us. Let's give her a raise. It's time. So that's, there's a lot of studies that we don't ask. Women do not ask for salary increases. We don't ask when we're very first hired. And that's crazy. We deserve it. And in fact, they don't trust you if you don't ask. They're always waiting for that. So what is she really in here for? She's done the nicey nice talk. What does she really want? As opposed to, hey, I think it's time for us to have that talk about me getting this promotion or this raise. What do you think? Yeah. Well, what about the thought? And I, I don't know if this is part, I certainly have seen studies that suggest this is a thing, but so I go in and I ask for something from my boss or from someone. And then the thought is, well, she's so aggressive. And I've actually, actually had people say that about me. Um, and I can't imagine that. <laughs> well, and you don't, you know, that may not be a good thing for someone to say, boy, she's awfully aggressive. Like it's using the, the B word about a woman or something like that. And it's like, uh -huh, well, uh -huh. okay, so I want to avoid that. But is there, is there, what's the gray area in between so that you're not you're right. coming across as being too aggressive, but yet you're getting what you want because you deserve it? So first off, 
if you are going to get what you want, someone's not going to be happy with you. So you're going to have to go ahead and get over that. You cannot be everybody's friend, especially the ones that are hanger honors and aren't doing what they need to be doing at work. So if you can get that mindset, okay. The second thing is when someone says to you, well, wow, that sure sounds bossy, you say, or did it sound more leadership? I mean, you help them rephrase. And if they say, well, wow, that sure was aggressive, say, no, that's assertive. Aggressive would have been if I, you know, hit him in the stomach when I did it or something, you know, <laughs> aggressive would have been if I hadn't thought about him. So what we often do is we sabotage ourselves, we block ourselves because we aren't using good language to describe our behavior. And so what I would say is this may sound as a surprise or this is an assertive comment and I would just make it and watch those people that do it all the time. They do not apologize for their behavior. And you just say, no, well, I'm, you know, I am the assertive, I am assertive, but I have a kind heart. So what do you have? I would speak those things aloud as you're asking, or as people are reflecting in a meeting, or even as you're mentioning something, say, well, you know me, I'm the one that, that has the strategic outlook, but I also want to come about it from a kind perspective. So, so couch it for them. I had to do that with my law partners when I was, um, you know, the only female lawyer and I think probably the only mom and person who was married in my city, at least for a long time. And so what I would say is, well, you all know what I do here. You know, I'm the one that keeps the clients. I'm the one that um, goes out and attracts new clients. I'm the one that knows about marketing, you know, and I would say things like that. I'm, I'm the firm development person. I'm the client retention person. <laughs> and it was so funny once I started speaking it because that's what I did. Once I started speaking it, I would hear them talk and they'd say, well, we got to run, where's Linda? We got to run that one by because she, you know, she's our client development person. So I would say a couple of things. One, self-talk, right. Two, correct. When you hear them taking the negative side of it, think of it, you know, if if this was a superpower, what would it be? Right. And then probably the third one is know that women collaborate and a lot of times we'll have longer lasting deals when you ask. So say, well, that might be one way. My way is this, and it seems to work. And just do it. Just do it. Ask for the ask for the forgiveness later. Do not ask for permission. Hmm. You know, and if you feel like you have to get it blessed and say, hey, boss, here's this approach or this approach. Which of these two do you think I should go with? Or, hey, boss, just before I act, I'm just seeing if I'm missing anything. And detail what you're about to do. And if you're really wanting to climb and you really want to go high in a corporate ladder or association, I tell you what, if you have that attitude of, I've thought through it, now I'm just getting it, you know, did I miss anything? Your boss will be thrilled because you've been innovative. You've come to him or her. You've been strategic. And I tell you what, you're asking just for their blessing before you move forward. Usually they don't have any problem. Well, and one of the things that you say in the book, which I think is a good summation of this, is that, you know, courageous people feel the fear. It's not like they don't, they're not afraid, but they feel the fear, but they still ask for what they want. And that's, I think with anything good in life, there's going to be some risk, right? And I think that asking outrageously is really just asking, uh, right? I mean, or is there some other... And and what's what's outrageous for you is probably not outrageous for them. Yeah. You know, it's it's out of your comfort zone. That doesn't mean it's out of theirs. There's so many of us, 35% of us wanted something big and we didn't ask for it and it was available to us and it went to someone else. 
and there was only the one thing, only the one promotion, only the one get to study abroad, only the one for me, it was, I didn't ask Jay Leno for a picture. I was the first person to ask him. He gave it to the woman next to me, but I asked him a softball question hmm. and watched my opportunity disappear. It's something that's within, within your grasp. Go ahead and ask. Yeah. So how can people get the book, Ask Outrageously? How can they find out more about you? Terrific. First off, you can always go to askoutrageously.com. Everything is on there, but I'm going to give you the secret sauce, the secret way into some of these tools. So go online. I mean, go onto your text and just put in the two line, put 42828. So 42828. And then you can put in the in the body of the text, just put the word ask, A-S-K, hit send. And Mary Beth, for those people who do that, they'll, they'll be asked for an email. Give it that, and it will pretend like you were in my last program. It'll give you a lot of links. It'll take you to the bonus stuff. And that's probably the best way to stay in touch with me, but also get some of the secret sauce. There's a lot of free assessments. You know, how well do you ask? And what's their deal? And what's my deal? How, do, how well do I you know, deal with my personality style when I make requests. And that's how you get in there. And it's quick. Awesome. Can you give that text again? Sure. Go to, again, like you're writing to Linda, to Mary Beth, instead put two, um, in, in the two line, put 42828. So 42828. And then go down like you're writing your message and put ASK, hit send. It will send you back. Can I have your email? You'll do that. And then what you'll do is you'll get all those tools. If you want to stay in contact once a month, it'll give you some tips that I do for my clients. And you all are welcome to them. They are negotiation, strategy, leadership, communications. Um, you know, pretty, pretty much if you want to be strategic in your communications, that's what you need to do. Well, this has been excellent. I hope that a lot of our listeners got out of this what I know that I did. And I also hope that they go and get the book, Ask Outrageously, because I think it's something that women in general, people in general, but women specifically, um, need, just need to get a little bit better at. So thank you so much, Linda, for sharing your ideas and strategies with us here today on the Female Insight Zone. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Female Insight Zone, a podcast dedicated to sharing insights from women who have made an indelible mark in business and the path they took to soar. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>